You're listening to Maneuvering Mondays, a podcast about transforming work culture. In this first part of the episode, we follow the fictional story of Marie, who's an HR manager in the edtech company Zebra Apps, as she maneuvers the challenges of transforming their work culture. He was looking straight into Mary's face. She was looking back at him. How I feel about self-organization, he repeated. Mary nodded. He leaned back in his chair. Are you running a kindergarten here? He said with a grin. Mary leaned forwards. No, we are running a software company, she said without moving a facial muscle. Even though some of the employees have suggested we also open a daycare. His expression tightened. You're being serious, he said. That serious, Mary said, restraining herself from mocking him even further. And your finance team organizes themselves according to which tasks are most pressing, he asked, this time testing the concept. That is correct, she said, and looked at her watch. Mary knocked on Mark's doorframe to get his attention. He looked up. Come on in, he said and gestured to the chair in front of his desk. He's not going to work out, Mary said. He has the right level of experience, Mark said. Mary nodded. He would not thrive here, she said. Then she sat down in the chair. I had not realized how rare breed Frank was as a CFO, Mark said. Not many candidates out there are willing to take on a finance team that is organized like a software development team. I had never thought about how radical Frank was in his way of leading, Mary said. He never boasted about it. It just worked. Richard had coached him from being an accountant to becoming a leader, Mark said. I guess it makes sense that he would follow Richard's way of organizing. Have you spoken to the finance team recently? Mark asked. How they're holding up without Frank? I've been avoiding that topic, actually, she said not knowing what kind of lawsuit we currently have with Frank and Andrea. Mark looked at Mary. I would rather not get you involved in that, he said. But I can't navigate if I don't know what it is, she said. Paul is handling it, he said. Is Paul also handling the finance department, Mary asked. Mark rolled his eyes and smiled. Mary, he said, you're like a sponge. You absorb all the responsibility and dive into everything. Mary looked at him. The only way to keep you out of something is not to water the sponge, he said. Not even a drop. Fine, she said. Paul is handling it. I need you to focus on finding me a CFO candidate that can keep running our very successful finance department, he said. Mary looked at the CV that she was holding in her hand. This guy really did check all the boxes for the position, she said. He has the right pedigree and all the laurels, he said. So what do we look for if we cannot trust the pedigree and laurels, she asked. It was Wednesday afternoon that Jason came to the office to sign his new contract. The news had traveled fast, and a small group of people have gathered outside of the meeting room where Mary and Jason were meeting. Mary had to pick up Jason at the reception and walk with him to the guest meeting room area. When they arrived, the group assembled started cheering and clapping. So glad to have you back, Jason, 
Billy said and clapped Jason on the shoulder. You can take over the UX, Drew said, towering over everyone else. Ibrahim brought out a big novelty pan and handed it to Jason. Big news deserves big props, he said. Lily gave Jason a big hug. It's good to have you back, a voice said from behind the crowd. Mary looked up and saw Natalie standing at the far end of the room. Jason looked over at Natalie. Are you sure you want me back? he asked. Natalie walked over to Jason and spread out her arms. Jason reciprocated with a hug. I am sure, Natalie said. In that moment, Celine, Natalie's assistant, came in, carrying a stack of cake boxes. I even had Celine bring in some cakes, Natalie said. Celine started opening the boxes and distributing slices. Mary moved closer to Natalie as she withdrew from the meeting room table. Thank you, Mary said. I don't know how you got him to reconsider, Natalie said, but well done. I didn't really do anything, Mary said. It's good for morale, Natalie said. He's the right kind of person. You know, Mary said, I was just discussing with Mark what makes the right kind of person for the CFO position. Natalie smiled at her. That is a tough one, she said. A woman eating a piece of chocolate cake turned towards Mary and Natalie. You know, she said, it doesn't even have to be the finance person. I'm Aisha, she said. I'm the finance partner for our development organization. Yeah, Mary said. I remember you from orientation a couple of months ago. I've never been in a finance organization like this before, Aisha said. But everyone knows what to do. And we communicate and coordinate every day at our finance board. These are some really versatile finance people you have hired in. A new boss might really mess things up for us. Natalie suddenly narrowed her eyes. So what would a boss do for you? She asked. Since we lost Frank, Aisha said, I feel like we've lost representation in the leadership team. He used to keep us updated on priorities and we would adjust accordingly. So if someone else from the management team would do the same, Natalie said, you could continue doing your good work uninterrupted. I think so, Aisha said. Natalie turned to Mary. I have an idea, she said. Come with me to my office. Mary's eyes widened. I do need to get an actual signature from Jason on his contract before we leave this party, she said. Natalie laughed. Of course, she said. Come up to my office afterwards. It took Mary another 20 minutes to get to Jason and sign a new contract together. Everyone was keen on talking to him. The news of both the cake and Jason's return kept spreading, and more and more people were joining the celebration in the meeting room. Mary made a deal with Celine that she would follow Jason out when the celebration would start winding down, so she could sneak up to Natalie's office to discuss her idea. On her way towards the stairs from the meeting area, Mary turned the corner and bumped into Jenny. Sorry, Mary said. No worries, Jenny said. Mary looked at her. How are you? Mary asked. I was about to ask you the same thing, Jenny said. Oh, I am supposed to snack between meals to keep my blood sugar from dropping too low, Mary said. Was it really just that, Jenny said. You had us worried there. To be frank, I forgot about lunch again today, Mary said. I had a piece of strawberry cake in there, though. Mary pointed to the meeting room with all the open white boxes. How did you get him to come back? Jenny asked. 
I didn't, Mary said. He texted me. Jenny shook her head. I never thought that he would reconsider, she said. I'm sure he will be happy to see you, Mary said. I'm not sure, Jenny said, but I will go and say hello regardless. Mary put a hand on Jenny's shoulder as they passed each other. Natalie's door was open, and no one was in her office except Natalie. It's empty up here, Mary said as she walked in. All the party's down there, Natalie said. Close the door, will you? Mary closed the door. You had an idea, Mary said as she sat down in one of the chairs. What do you think about Jack leading the financial department? Natalie said. Mary raised her eyebrows. He's not a finance person, she said. But that is what Aisha said, Natalie said. They don't need a finance person. They need someone to connect them to the leadership team. Mary nodded. Jacques, Mary said. Jacques has been asking for more responsibility, Natalie said, and for opportunities to learn new areas. You know, Mary said, he is the right kind of person. He's not the typical finance pedigree, Natalie said, but he gives his sales team free reins, and he has even created cross-functional teams between sales and marketing. Mary smiled. Is that a recent thing? Mary asked. Yeah, Natalie said. He pitched it shortly after our offsite. I think this could work, Mary said. Natalie smiled. Will you talk to Mark about it? Mary asked. He will find out sooner or later, Natalie said, and opened up her laptop. Mary looked at Natalie. Natalie did not look up at Mary. Natalie got up to leave. Leave the door open on your way out, Natalie said, not looking up from her laptop. Mary walked towards the staircase. She opened the door to the stairwell and almost bumped into Mark. Hey, Mark said. Natalie pinged me and said you had solved the CFO conundrum. She did that on her own, Mary said. She's putting Jack in charge of finance. Mark closed his eyes. And why would she want Jack to focus on anything besides sales? Mark asked. Because he wouldn't get in the way of finance doing their work, Mary said. Mark looked at her. You think this is a good idea? He said. Mary nodded. He's the right kind of person, she said and shrugged her shoulders. Mark narrowed his lips. You know I have a degree in finance, he said. Mary looked at him. I didn't know you want to be CFO, she said. Mark shook his head and walked towards Natalie's office. Mary stood motionless and watched him close the door behind him. It's all pedigree and laurels, Mary thought to herself. Paul texted Mary Thursday evening. Baking the buns now, it said. The cinnamon buns, she replied. For HR breakfast, he replied. Great, Mary wrote. There are a lot, he wrote. Invite more people. Mary thought about who to invite. Whoever I meet in the morning, she decided, and turned off the bed lamp. Mary was pouring herself a coffee in the canteen in the morning. Joseph was setting up the buffet. Mary smiled at him, and he smiled back. She walked over to him. Hey, Joseph, she said. 
Good morning, Mary, he said. Any chance you can get away for half an hour this morning? She asked. It depends, he said. Have you found someone else to stock the soda fridges? Actually, she said, we might be getting rid of them altogether. Joseph nodded. Even better, he said. Paul has baked tons of cinnamon buns for the HR breakfast, she said. And I would love to have you there. Paul is quite the baker, he said. I'm not going to pass that up. Mary raised her eyebrows. Does everyone know this about Paul? she asked. I follow his Instagram, Joseph said. And I have even gifted his cookbook to my friends in the trade. Mary's jaw dropped. He has published a cookbook, she exclaimed. Yes, Joseph said. It came out last year. Joseph looked at her. You're his closest colleague, he said. How do you not know this? How indeed, Mary thought to herself. Mary went towards the staircase holding her coffee. Willie and Shane emerged from the basement, large trash bags in hand. Wow, Mary said. Are there any dead bodies in those? Willie laughed. Shane did not. We are cleaning up the basement, Willie said, and put his hand on Shane's shoulder. It is starting to look kind of nice down there, Shane said. May I visit the site? Mary asked, but then looked at her watch. Are you both busy right now? She asked instead. We are cleaning up the basement, Shane said, and pointed his head towards the staircase. Well, could you take a break to eat some cinnamon buns? Mary asked. Paul baked them. Paul baked? Willie said. I'm in. Shane nodded. You'll just dump this in the bins first, Shane said. On her way up the stairs, Mary met Celine, Natalie's assistant. Hey, Celine, Mary said. Hey, Celine said. Would you care to join the HR breakfast today? Mary asked. What did I do? Celine said. Mary laughed. No, you're fine, she said. Paul baked cinnamon buns, and apparently there is a surplus. Oh, thanks, Celine said. I just need to check in with Natalie first. Mary finally made her way up to the kitchenette on the floor. She could hear Sheila laughing several meters away. She entered the kitchenette and her jaws dropped. There were cinnamon buns on all of the kitchen counter, on all of the tables as well. She saw Paul. He was wearing an apron and handing out paper plates. Hey, Mary, he said. Mary smiled at him and walked toward him. He furrowed his eyebrows. She wrapped her hands around him and gave him a big hug. He stood stiff for a while, then put his hands around her too. You, she started. I bake, he said. She let go of him and took a step back. You don't just bake, she said. You're a professional baker. It's like a second career. I told you I'm the one who bakes at my house, he said, smiling. Mary looked around. Only trouble is, he said, once I start my industrial mixer, I might as well bake up a big batch. Mary smiled. I think we might need to invite more people, she said. That's what I told you, Paul agreed. Sheila was already eating buns and chatting to Eric. Joe was picking at a bun. Mark was pouring himself a cup of coffee. Esther walked through the door and raised her eyebrows. Wow, she said. Is HR breakfast usually like this? It really is not, Mary said. This is all Paul. Paul gave Esther a paper plate. I might start attending these, Esther said. Mary looked around again. Paul, uh, I'm going to pop by finance and gather some more mouths for all of these, she said. Paul nodded. When Mary returned with Aisha from finance and a couple of her colleagues, 
Shane and Willie had also arrived. They had met Ibrahim and Dennis on the parking lot and invited them too. Lily from engineering was eating a bun already. Mary was not sure how she had gotten the message. In the corner, she also saw Natalie and Celine. While Mary was looking around, Jack arrived. So this is where all our budget goes, he thundered. This is all on me, Paul said. Don't mind if I help myself, Jack said. Mary took a cinnamon bun on her plate and sat down next to Eric and Sheila. This event has grown, Eric said. I did not anticipate this turning into a bakery, Mary said. I kind of liked it small, Sheila said. Mary looked at Eric and Sheila in turn. Did you know about Paul's cookbook, she asked. Sheila nodded. I gave it to my mom for Christmas, she said. Eric nodded too. It's really great, he said. Very easy to follow and uh, funny. Mary turned around and looked at Paul. What else do I not know about him, she thought. Mary saw Joe get up and drop her plate on the table. It made a light thump. You did what? she exclaimed. We cleared out the clutter in the basement, Willie said. Where did you put it? Joe shouted. In the bins, she said, where it belongs. No, Joe said and stormed out the door. Mary shrugged at Erica and Sheila. Then Mary noticed that Jenny was now also present, eating a bun next to Jack. She noticed Ibrahim laughing, sitting next to Shane. No, man, you're full of it, she heard Ibrahim say. I'm just saying that I was a scrum master at my former company, Shane said. And I think that going back to the physical boards could really help us talk more openly about things. We've never needed scrum masters, Willie said. Well, you clearly do know, Shane said. It's just like at my former company, before we went through our culture program. You think you can just change how we do things because you took a pay cut? Ibrahim said. Paul now also looked over at Ibrahim. Ibrahim noticed that people were looking at him now. He stood up. It's not a new role we need, he said. We need to talk to each other. Shane stood up too. I agree, he said. I think that me talking about my salary actually opened up for some important conversations. Mary couldn't help but laugh. Everyone looked at Mary. Shane looked hurt. Now it was Mary's turn to stand up. I'm sorry, she said. You are right. That is what is funny. It actually did lead to some great conversations. She walked over to Shane. And I think that you are right about the lack of scrum masters, she said. I don't need a person telling me how to talk to people, Ibrahim said. Jenny shouted from across the room. What you need to do is start talking to other teams about our bugs, she said. Ibrahim sat down. Cinnamon buns, he said. People laughed. Paul here is the cinnamon master, Ibrahim said. I am serious, he continued. We are talking about our problems right now without having to open Jira. If it can fix our bugs, I'm happy to hire Paul to bake buns every morning, Jack said. Spending our money already, Natalie said. You haven't even looked into our books yet. Mark looked sternly at Natalie. Oh, come on, Mark. Natalie said. We are announcing that Jack is the new CFO later this afternoon anyways. Aisha gasped. Now Paul looked sternly at Natalie. Mary walked over to Jack and shook his hand. Congrats, Jack, she said. I think you will be great in the role. 
Jenny congratulated him next. Then Eric started clapping. The whole room followed. Aisha left the room. People soon started to disperse. Cinnamon buns in hand for their colleagues. Mary thanked Paul and promised that she would clean up after the event. She sat down to eat her bun. She wanted to take a bite. But it was as if her stomach could not contain even a crumb. She looked at it for a while and decided to throw it in the trash. She got up but bumped into Joseph, who was standing behind her. Mary, he said. We need to talk about your eating. What? Mary said. Please have a seat, he said. She sat down. Mary, he said. You have an eating disorder. Mary's eyes widened. Hear me out, he said. I've battled it with my daughter for years. I know the signs. I've noticed your eating patterns. What? Mary was about to interject. When have you last eaten? He asked. Mary thought back. She did not manage to have breakfast that day, and she had not touched her bun yet. That is why you cannot eat, he said, because you have stopped eating. I haven't stopped eating, Mary said. When your surroundings feel out of control, you control what you can. You control your food, he said. Mary could not find anything to say, especially because there was a small recognition of what Joseph was saying. But I do have control, she said. I forget to eat. It starts with you forgetting to eat, he said. But then you stop eating. Joseph, she said. You may be overreacting. I had dinner last night. I had lunch the day before and breakfast and dinner. He shook his head. You are so thin, he said. I've been this size since I lost my pregnancy weight, Mary went on. I've not lost a gram. Joseph looked at her and was about to say more, but Joe entered the room. They took it all, she said. She sat down next to Mary. They threw it all out, Joe said. What are you talking about? Mary asked. The basement, Joe said. There's nothing there. They've even vacuumed. That I must see, Mary said. She looked at Joseph. Do you want to join us in the basement? She asked. I will need to go back to the kitchen, he said. Mary looked at Joe. Let's get Eric and Sheila too, she said. The basement was empty. No server casings, no boxes, no old office chairs. It is so big, Sheila said. Joe sat down on the bottom stair. She put her face in her palms. Mary sat next to her. Why is this such a big deal, she asked. This was my space, Joe said through her fingers. This is where I would come to think and get inspired. Mary looked at Eric and raised an eyebrow. Joe looked up. Now it's all empty and corporate, Joe said. It's a new beginning, Joe, Sheila said. I like it how it was, Joe said. Sheila sat next to Joe and hugged her. We will find you some other chaos to think in, Sheila said. Like Mary's office. My office is neat, Mary said. Not after we are done with it, Sheila said. Come on, Joe. Joe and Sheila got up and walked up the stairs. What are they up to? Mary said. I guess you will find out, Eric said. Eric sat down next to Mary on the stair. Hey, Eric, 
Mary said. Yeah, Eric said. What happened to Joseph's daughter? Do you know? She asked. She died from an eating disorder, Eric said. Why? He just told me that he thinks I have an eating disorder, Mary said. Eric looked at her. I don't think you do, he said. Mary lowered her shoulders. I don't think so either, she said. But you have a hard time eating when you are stressed, and you have been stressed often recently, he said. Mary nodded. That I have, she said. Mary, he said. Yeah, Mary said. Take this in the kindest way possible, he said. But I think that you are in over your head. Mary could feel a sting in her heart. What? she said. You know that I love you, he said, and I would follow you to any company you would work at. But there are too many different aspects of Zebra that are broken and you're trying to fix them all at once. That is my job, she said. But it is more than your job, he said. What are you suggesting? she asked. Eric sighed. I think you should join engineering for a while, he said. As what? she asked. As a full-time coach, he said. Mary looked at him. Look, I will look out for Sheila and Joe for a couple of months, and you can immerse yourself in helping engineering develop a different culture, he said. Do you want my job? Mary asked. I can do your job, Eric said. I cannot coach engineering to change their culture. Mary looked at him. They trust you. They believe in you. It has to be you, Eric said. Mary was about to object, but Willie and Shane came down to the basement, and Eric and Mary congratulated them on cleaning up the mess. You're listening to Maneuvering Mondays, a podcast about transforming work culture. Tune in when we invite guests to comment on this part of Marie's journey. What are your thoughts on Marie's situation? Have you had a similar experience? And what would you have done? Join the conversation on our LinkedIn page and let's Maneuver Mondays together.